everyone. Welcome to the House of Learning podcast. Hello, welcome. It's Richard, Steve, and Angela. Hi there. We are in the Becoming Like Jesus series, so our job is going through what we're reading together as a church in Luke. And this is a little bit of a pivot because we have had a few weeks where we felt like Jesus was really focusing us on the spiritual practice of simplicity. I say spiritual practice, but it affects our physical mm. circumstance, it affects everything. Um, but different to just the world's view of simplicity, mm-hmm. which is like take some stuff to goodwill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little, little bit deeper than reaching mm-hmm. that. And so um, today we begin for the next three or four weeks, I think. Um, we're going to be focusing a bit more on prayer and especially like persistence in prayer. And so um, a little bit of a shift. But it's really interesting reading ahead in Luke the way that some of the simplicity themes keep reoccurring as things that might signal. I know they just interact with prayer. So it's going to be interesting there is a flow. And the other two. way around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, okay, simplicity's over, you're done. It's going to keep coming up. Yeah. Because, yeah, mm. our, our interaction with simplicity about things might tell us some things about our heart mm. that might affect our, like how we pray and our ability to seek the kingdom. And yeah, some of, all, some yeah. of these things that are coming up. So yeah. new topic, but related um, yeah. because that's how God's laid it out. Mm. God's pretty clever. Mm. Normally there's a flow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sometimes it's hard to spot, but normally there's a flow. He, yeah. And so uh, we are going to cover Luke chapter 11, the whole of the yeah. chapter today. So there's a lot going yeah. on. But it starts with something familiar. Hey, before we jump into that, do we want to... I know one of the things oh, we yeah. keep asking a back. for uh-huh. on our... Um, as we get into our community groups, et cetera, and it's been a really helpful discussion question when we've interacted with others is, okay, what did you learn last week? What did you try out? What did you see in this? And um, I I don't know, our discussion around simplicity of purpose, uh, as we wrap that up, and I thought about that a lot last week, um, is particularly in the Martha Mary story, uh, for me, um, just gave me a you know, God, God said something new to me that I hadn't seen, but and I think you had highlighted it in when he's speaking to um, Martha, and he says, uh, "Few things are needed, um, but only one is necessary." Yeah, um, it was this notion of being at Jesus's feet, and you know, I'm, I don't know, self. I, I have a my heart's desire is to really unpack God's word a lot, et cetera. But that desire to unpack His word and to follow Him can sometimes drift just very subtly into this drifting of just intellectual curiosity mm-hmm. in pursuit, um, and that leads me into this space of distractions. Quite honestly. Um, and so that discussion that we've been having really brought me back to saying, oh, the simplicity of purpose and just spending time with Jesus. And um, so as I've been reading the Bible this week and reading Scripture, it's been a lot more freeing, like step back a little bit, just listen to what Jesus mm-hmm. has to say um, and don't get wrapped around the axle for every sort of minutia, yeah, yeah. every detail. and. Man, that's been freeing. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just thought I'd share that with you because yeah, I hadn't good. seen it in myself yeah. either. But um, yeah, that notion of it's the Bible's pretty simple to, uh, it's meant for all of us and it's okay to just listen. And yeah, and read. not understanding something yeah. Yeah. Um, means there's something later on to discover. Yeah. But it doesn't mean. Like, okay, well, I guess God can't speak to me today. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I have to f- completely figure this out in order to move forward. Yeah. It's to be okay with the unknown. Mm. I just, that picture of Martha sitting, or Mary, I'm sorry, Mary sitting at Jesus's feet, just enjoying his presence. Mm. She wasn't out to understand everything about him. Mm-hmm. She just was enjoying mm-hmm. her pre- his presence mm-hmm. and um, loving him and... Yeah, is that enough for us to yeah. to just love him in order 
that's a growing moment too. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's as important as a growing moment as understanding all the theology of the chapter, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that we're, we're studying. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting, um, like there's a freedom and simplicity to enjoy Jesus. Yeah. <coughs> Bless, well, you. Bless you. No, and I but, love, but also there's the drive to like seek the kingdom. So there's a, like, there is a reaching for this aspiration, yeah. but there's also contentment. Yeah, and I think what I saw in this is, yes, still reach, but make sure you're spending enough time as you're reading Mm -hmm. just to enjoy God, just to listen to Him. And And the fact the contentment part has the word necessary attached to it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing that he said was necessary. That's the one thing, thing. the paramount thing. So Yeah, Yeah, it's a bold statement. Mm, Yeah. mm. Well, that was, uh, thank you. Yeah, Um, let's shift to prayer. Yeah, so on, so on, on to, to 11. Good. Um, so, yes, into chapter 11, and we get to the familiar, um, you know, Jesus is praying, the disciples are hanging out, mm. which incidentally, I love that the disciples learn to pray by listening to Jesus pray. Mm-hmm. Mm. So they listen to Jesus pray, and they were like, you pray different or better or there's something about like, mm. could you teach me how to do that mm-hmm. um i think so many of us have been taught that prayer is primarily a private thing mm. and it can be communal and private um mm. but we've i think our individualism things like that you know it's emphasized the private mm. types of prayer and then we try and learn in isolation I, I, we're making mm, it so mm, hard for ourselves. <laughs> mm, mm. And I, I love that actually you know, like prayer was seen and heard and that drew people in and then they actually learned by hearing Jesus yeah, pray. So yeah. praying, like, it's so much easier to grow in prayer by praying with people mm. than by just telling us, like berating yourself that you wish you could pray better and trying to get up early and set aside more time. Yeah. And that's good. Like, that's a good thing to do. But I'm not sure it's the most effective for someone who's like, man, I really find prayer hard. But haven't you grown so much, like, listening to people who clearly have a um, a practice um, and a genuine um, sort of conversation in prayer with God? Mm-hmm. Listening to them out loud is something that has helped me grow in my prayer uh, life as well, to listen and go... I don't know. There's a there's just a unmistakable draw to yeah. that, um, and, I, and lo- I think sometimes I their faith. Sometimes yeah. someone is like actively exercising faith, yeah. and it makes you realize I could trust God that way. Yeah, I could extend my faith that way too. You know, so we just we learn so much from each other, and God wants that intimacy with me too. Yeah. Um, I learned just as much from the person who says, I've never prayed in front of anyone. This is my first time. Yep. Forgive me if it doesn't come out right. And we yeah. just encourage, encourage. And then they say something. I'm thinking of one particular yeah, person, know. Steve knows. And it's like so beautiful yeah. and just raw and heartfelt and clunky. Yep. And then just beautiful because it's like that. And like, so the eloquent person who's been praying and just has all those words right on the, the forefront of their mouth um, is is one part of the body of mm-hmm. our community. And uh, the other is another equally effective, beautiful, and loved by the Lord and yeah. heard by the yeah. Lord. Yeah. Um, I love both of those yeah. things and everyone yeah. in between. Just yeah. so it's an encouragement to yeah. those of you in community, if you don't know how to pray, like just, just open your mouth, it. don't sweat it, and say... Anything that the Lord puts on your heart is is mm. right and good, mm. and um, and mm. edifying and encouraging yeah. to everyone around mm. you. Mm. And and actually, I mean, apropos for this bit of the text, yeah, you know, I, there's lots of people who then, when they feel nervous, like oh, I I I feel nervous because I can't pray like that person. Mm. Yeah. Well, the only pray like we're supposed to hold ourselves to is actually this bit right here, here. Mm-hmm. and it's only two sentences long mm-hmm. yeah. so it's very accessible yes yes um, yeah so, so let's, so let's notice that. notice mm-hmm. a few things i i want to point out that we have here some varieties of ways to interact with god mm-hmm. 
So you've you've got like adoration and praise, like Father, hallowed be your name, mm. just appreciation of God. Mm. Um, you've got intercession, this like your kingdom come, like orienting ourselves in God's story and praying for God's mm. story, praying into into His purpose, like asking that the world be formed to be like God's purpose, a sort of intercession. You've got petition, like mm. I need bread to eat. Mm. you know asking for things you've got confession mm. that that connecting with god's forgiveness the mm. application of forgiveness the healing mm. that comes um with confession yeah. um and being cleansed um yeah so it, and, and there's probably more um, oh, so much! My, yes, my mind ran out of steam. But it, but the well, varieties of aspects yeah. of prayer, I think, is really cool in the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, it's so short and succinct, yeah. and yet so rich and varied. And it's really interesting to me that those different varieties. Because I think you know, like if someone's praying in a Hollywood film, like go say your prayers, it'll be kneeling by the side of the bed, and it, it'll largely be petition. Mm-hmm. it'll mm-hmm. be asking for this asking for that asking for the other asking god to bless this keep this mm-hmm. safe you know um and actually that occupies a really small part of this mm-hmm. prayer mm-hmm. And but so it's so sort of interesting to me it is and i love how um the way jesus lays it out is praise and then petition because what praise does is it really it really puts our heart in the right posture before we ask for something. Um, If we just start by asking, it's just kind of a litany of like everything that we think we want, that we think we need, fixing all the things that we think. But if we start with praising Jesus, putting him in our hearts in his right place um, as our father, then, then the petition comes from a, a more, um, a, a more God-centered place. Um, yeah. So our asks would maybe be a little it bit gives, different. It gives a different context. Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it invites us to just step back from the immediacy of mm-hmm. our circumstances. Mm-hmm. And it, it sort of right-sizes our mm-hmm. <laughs> requests mm-hmm. in, in, in contrast, because we can have our requests be wrong-sized and seem insurmountable, but against who God is, starting with praise, mm-hmm. against who he is, uh, puts, I think, it, that in the right orientation. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a question for you. Um, so oftentimes, you know, this prayer starts out, Father, and this is how you should pray, Father. And yeah. so um, I know, you know, I've heard people at times say, well, does that mean the only prayers I should have should be to the Father? Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's what he's saying here, but could you unpack that for us a little bit? Well, that can't be true because prayers do get addressed to Jesus in some other places. And a couple of places get addressed to the Spirit. Yeah. So unless some people were being naughty, Mm. there is Mm. a variety of address Mm. in prayer. Mm. But they're each different. But they're each different. I I think um, putting the Father here, Jesus is like one of the aspects of the differences between father son and spirit is that the father part of his role in presenting that like god and the perfection and wholeness of god is being like the source mm-hmm. you know, like the master architect mm-hmm. like it, it all flows from him it's all mm-hmm. rooted in him as this powerful caring provider mm-hmm. um it's like that's genesis one <coughs> right mm-hmm. And so uh, I like, uh, especially when you, we think about intercession and petition here, yeah. you know, he's the author of the story yeah. and he's the source of any provision that's going to happen. So relating to the Father yeah. really um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think when we pray, it's really interesting. I think you, you ne- a, a theological truth is that you never have one member of the Trinity doing something without the other two involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anytime you're praying and you're wondering, like, am I using the right, am I are you praying to the right person? Um, all three are involved anyway. Mm-hmm. So God's not going to be like, oh, I'm not listening to that because you used the wrong name. Right, right. right. Um, 
God's actually, he desires to meet with us and interact mm-hmm. with us. So that's not going to be a hang up for God. Yeah. But as we grow in our appreciation of the three persons of the Trinity, I think different aspects of our prayer might bring different persons of the Trinity into the foreground. Mm. Like when I'm praying, you know, what, what should I do? Like I've got a, a choice to make and I, I want to seek the kingdom or I'm, you know, it might make a bit more sense to have Jesus. Mm. As, as the one who's the leader, the head of the mm-hmm. church. Um, you know, when I'm praying for a friend, I just, I really want you to reveal yourself to mm-hmm. them, God. Praying for the Spirit, praying mm-hmm. to the Spirit, like, Holy Spirit, you're the revealer of truth. Would mm-hmm. you go, you know, so yeah. different different aspects of God's activity, then it makes sense to have different, the different persons a bit yeah. more in the foreground. Yeah, no, that's that's really helpful. Uh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, but yeah, I think they're not just they're not just interchangeable names. Right, right. These three persons, they do come together in, in some, like with some different characteristics. But that's another long series of podcasts yes. to explore because <laughs> that's like there'll be a lot to unpack yeah. and look at. There. No, it's, the, it's really the Trinity is. Uh, is complex and it's indescribable and wonderful. Yeah. They, they are distinct. Yeah. Um, yet um, together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in, yeah. In one. Come maybe well. coming to a podcast or yes. a task near yeah. you soon at some point. <laughs> there we yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, uh, so so let's let's move on. So the, yeah. so we've got this that prayer. There's ingredients there. That's and and I just be clear as well i don't think jesus was suggesting like you have to say these exact words Mm. a lot of liturgies in the church do like use these words Mm. and that's really beautiful um and a good thing but um it's we're not bound to just these words Mm -hmm. this is supposed to provoke us to think about what prayer Mm. should involve and how to involve Mm. those things so it can also spark creativity Mm. Be like I, I've, I don't think I've ever made a regular habit of praying mm, for God's mm. forgiveness. Oh, that's an ingredient. Mm. I wonder what to do with that. You know, so it can also provoke us to creatively think. But hey. then, but then we move on, and we've got some more provocation with the story of the friend. So this is going to make us think as well about maybe our motivation in prayer, or like how. I don't know, it could make us think about how much we pray. Mm. Like, There's a few sort of questions that then come up here as well. Um, so it, it just like the whole tone of this, I think, is Jesus is trying to, um, like the disciples, I, I don't know, we can read their teachers how to pray. And because we love Googling and getting the right answer, we can sort of read as if they're asking for Jesus to then, like, could you write it down for us? And then we'll just say that and we'll know we're doing the right, right thing. But actually the way Jesus interacts with their question is um, it's Jesus is teaching them how to pray, like they said, yeah. not exactly not what to the, pray yeah. or, you know, it always has to look like this. Mm-hmm. So he is trying to be provocative and like get their juices flowing. So, so this, this next bit this does the same thing. picture he's bringing up, this provocation that he's, bringing up is meant to elicit this person just, hey, hey, I need something. I need something. I need something. I need some. I know it's late. I need something. So it's midnight. Someone's hammering on the door. I need some bread. A friend's just arrived, banging on the neighbor's door. It's a sort of uh, pretty evocative image. Yeah. 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 Of, of, I don't know, let's make some observations. I would say like desperation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like a, a real like cr- crying out like I mm-hmm. really need to meet this need. I th- I mean I think he's Je- what Jesus is doing is really painting this heart attitude of the 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 person who has a heart of urgency as he's coming with his prayers. Yeah, and it's not just like hey I urgently have this need like I need some bread like. Give me some bread. I'm. I need some bread. A friend needs bread. Give me some bread. It's. It's more like, I need this thing so bad, but 
I know who to go to. He's the urgency mm-hmm. is not in what he's asking; it's who he's addressing yeah. the ask it's, to. I really need you to. Help I need me. Jesus. Yeah. I yeah. need Jesus for this ask. He's the one I'm going to in the mm-hmm. night. Not he's just the closest one and who I can know can answer prayers. Mm-hmm. It's he is the very one who I am urgently going to. Um, and and it's not because of what you're asking, because of who you but truly believe who God is. He's the only only one yeah. who can answer this prayer. And so when we learn about like pray with urgency because your kid is sick and it's like your last resort and you're praying, I mean, God will hear those prayers, but your heart attitude should be like, he should be your first one to go to yeah. for these really, really yeah. urgent mm-hmm. prayers, big and small. If we always have that heart yeah. posture towards Jesus. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's like the words to pray, but actually the heart attitude is needs so is big. the framework for the words, whatever words you pray. And I say to the person who, who isn't, who isn't comfortable praying out loud in our community group or in, you know, any group, just have that heart and the right words will come out. Yeah. You know? And, and that's the sort of, I mean, what Jesus is going to go on to say, um, about, how much more does the father give mm-hmm. good gifts when people ask? Jesus is trying to create the safety for us to be that urgent. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to ask, not just I invite you to ask, but trying to help you realize the safety in entrusting this um, on banging on my door. Like that's okay uh, because you're going to get a good mm. response. But it, but it is interesting, you know, just the something, the urgency is a relational thing. Right. Yeah, you have to know who you're going to and deeply before you go. It's because it's like he says, hey, this guy is not going to get out of bed just because like, ah, oh, my neighbor's my friend. I should get up and give him some bread. Yeah, Being a friend is relational as well, but it's a bit more like this person lives in this box. Yeah, Like mm-hmm. so that aspect of relationship. Mm-hmm. The urgency is like an active dynamic presently in the relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the relational dynamics are actually getting pushed right here and mm-hmm. now because of the way I'm asking. Yeah. That makes a difference. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I don't know uh, the version that you're reading in mine, NIV, says, yet because of your shameless audacity, yeah. you will surely get... Up mm-hmm. and give mm-hmm. you as much as you need, and that's yeah. speaking. Which makes me, I mean, shameless audacity, yeah. boldness makes me think of yeah. Hebrews. Like we can have boldness mm-hmm. and yeah. approach, approach the throne, the throne. of grace mm-hmm. to receive help in time of need. Yeah. And well, and it's not, but I like that he combined shameless in here too, because yeah. it's like that's mm-hmm. also that safety. Yeah, mm-hmm. in, in it, it's be bold and be confident in your boldness. Be, yeah safe secure in your boldness even though it seems like it's you're it's this juxtaposition of you've got this desperate need which somehow says you're deficient in something but your shameless audacity means there's nothing to worry about yeah in that ask um be bold um and don't god will not view us as um uh lesser than I think God's, so. he, God, or Jesus is trying to shape our, reshape our expectations. Because mm-hmm. I, I think we would probably fill in the next bit where Jesus actually lays out the explicit lesson from this. And we would say, you know, ask, because you never know, you might figure out a bit of the answer. Mm. And seek, because sometimes you, you might find. And knock, because like occasionally mm-hmm. some people do have the door opened. Mm-hmm. No, like that's actually, like that. that's that's the natural disposition of our expectations so mm. often. But actually, Jesus says something pretty radical. Ask, and it will be given to you. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Seek, and you will find. And, um, and, and then reiterates it. Everyone who asks, receives. Like God takes this urgent prayer. He takes this relationship where we depend on him really seriously. Mm. He wants us to be safe, to, to depend on him and expect mm. from him. And, and loads of other bits of the Bible make yeah. clear that God's not an ATM. Asking yeah. doesn't always mean like you're going to get a Porsche. Right. But God's going to respond to your prayer. Yeah. Like God yeah. is always going to respond to your prayer. And he's going to respond in a good way way 
which is the the bit about the the image of a father like hey you know if you've got a kid and they ask for a fish are you going to give them a serpent like yeah. which seems a bit weird for us but like a a coiled up serpent can look a bit like a fish. Mm. So it's like, okay. you know, is, is God going to like bait and switch me? Switch, is God right. going to deceive me? Like, no, God is not a deceiver. He's not out to get you. He's not out to confuse you. He actually wants to like respond to prayer with like clarity that actually answers mm. that urgency. <clears throat> he, he wants you to see the connection. And so, yes. Yeah, and, and then the way it finishes, focusing on the Holy Spirit is a yeah. really interesting um because the holy spirit we read this in a very new testament way of like oh so i'm going to get like the gifts of the spirit to help me answer my own prayers to help me answer my own requests to help me get the answers to those questions i'm seeking or you know things like that but the holy spirit with all of the like old testament theology is like god's breath god's Mm. exercise of power in the world like if you have yeah. that urgency in yourself of needing to see something happen, God's breath will show up and happen. So, so there's a sort of this is a promise of God's power, His power actually being exercised. And it's convicting because when we pray, and I just want to let this kind of question float out there: like, when we pray, do we pray with God's power in mind? Like what does our faith um what about our faith stops us from praying the big prayers yeah and are we praying with boldness with god's infinite power and sovereignty in mind or are we praying little prayers to test god in his power and how big can we think and how, I mean, we can't outthink God and we can't, we can't pray big enough prayers. It's not possible in our feeble minds, but, but perhaps we're just not praying big enough. Um, yeah. And so that's something to consider in light of this passage. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. And maybe that's why he starts with this, this illustration of asking for bread, because he knows 100% confidence that his neighbor has bread. Yeah. yeah, like it's not a question mm-hmm. of right. whether or not he does, and so, like, I'm just taking off from what you said. Like, do we have a hundred percent confidence that God has the ability do to it. answer? Yeah, and, and Jesus is sort of saying, "Yeah, how much more will the Father, yeah. who loves you, give you good yeah. things?" Because we might be wondering, like, is that the right thing to ask? Should I be urgent? For, you know, yeah. God knows how to give good gifts. He does. So he he wants to, he's Mm -hmm. able to, he knows how to. And so the the promise in here is like when we come with our ask, God is not going to punish that request. Mm. Mm. Like he actually wants to give good gifts. Mm. And so... And it's a great exercise. So much safety. To talk (laughs) to your like community about... It just answer prayers. Like it, mm-hmm. like keep a prayer journal and look back at these prayers that you've, you know, beseeched of God and He's answered them. It is so rewarding to just go through with friends what the big answered prayers and they're usually like the life changing moments that we remember when God answered this thing in such a huge way, mm-hmm. um, and that magnifies how big God is yeah. when you do that and you look mm-hmm. back at the answers and that will help you in moving forward and in, in, in how to shape your prayers now in yeah, light definitely. of his answers. Cause we, so we don't notice so many answers to prayer because the urgency often comes from the need. So mm-hmm. once the need starts to be met, the urgency fades mm-hmm. and it can become more of a background thing in our life. It's so mm-hmm. true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Well, and does the urgency, cause you said something earlier, you said, you know, if you urgently, if I urgently pray for a portion, you know, that doesn't mean God's going to give me that. Yeah. You know, um, and, but, you know, to, we all know people who have been praying urgently for a long time for things, for healing, um, for diseases that have, you know, and, and it's sometimes hard to see. And I think mm-hmm. in this, like, it'd be misleading to say, hey, that 
your problems are going to be solved when you pray in this manner. You know, you're, you're, um, so that's not what he's really saying, but he is saying, I'm going to, God will exercise his power for our ultimate goodness. Yeah. And, what, and it mm-hmm. invites a continuation of asking. Yeah. Right. That's the other part of this image that's interesting is, um, because that keeps the quality of relationship active. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. we are independence, like our radar is tuned in to what's God saying, what's God going to do, what am I looking for? And we get deeply affected in a, like at a point of urgency. It's mm-hmm. like we see the possibilities differently and what we see really shapes us. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, especially our, our, our awareness of how we're being shaped. Um, in times of urgency goes up compared to the way we're non-consciously sort of shaped by things in more subtle ways. Uh, So there's a sort of opportunity around this persistent prayer to be shaped and be affected by this interaction. And to be relationally aligned and present with God. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was just thinking back to, it just had this flashback to, as even Mary and Martha. Martha, the one thing's necessary is to be in relationship, in yeah. close relationship. It's it's yeah. almost as if God is trying to grow that attitude in us. Yeah. More than he's concerned about us having the bread. The specific result. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm praying for something, uh you know, like health, like urgent healing, and I see that there's no movement and in like my time frame for my loved one or for myself, I'll switch up the prayer and just say, Lord, I know you're working to heal. I don't see it, but I know you can do it. Today, give me my daily bread in the provision of showing me how you're working um, in other areas. Just reveal yourself Mm. in today so I can see you and continue to have faith that my you're hearing my prayer of healing and then he'll 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 show up in like these incredible ways like he'll he'll say like you know i'm i'm here like see me i orchestrated this situation i you know my spirit's communing with you all day i'm i'm comforting you i'm providing Mm -hmm. this need of the neighbor who brought the meal or or whatever it is and so he'll answer he'll give like these this breadcrumb of of answered prayers while I'm waiting for that that big prayer that I'm praying, yeah. and it helps comfort me knowing that um, it, it it just at any given moment he could give that healing, but he's he or that answer to that big prayer. But he's oh, he's waiting that. purposefully and intentionally, and I don't have all of the answers as to why, but I know that he's with me in the waiting, and somehow somehow that's enough. It's enough that he's with me in the Mm -hmm. waiting. Mm -hmm. And that makes me have hope and um, that gives me strength to deal with that Mm -hmm. waiting Mm -hmm. of the big answer. That's, Mm -hmm. I I can't remember which one it is. One of the songs we sing on Sundays has got that line in the chorus, he's in the waiting. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an intimacy in that urgent expectation of reaching out towards God for something. There's a... A closeness that develops there. Yeah. Because um, I think people who take the sort of attitude of like, well, God knows what I need. So, you know, uh, like, heal my friend. Okay, I've said that. Why pray more? Yeah, I don't need any more. Yeah. Or why pray to begin with in the first yeah. place? He knows. I, yeah. I've seen that before. And it's not that we have to wear God down. Mm, mm. Like, sometimes we pray simply for something and God just does it. Like, yeah. God. Definitely, could, he definitely does that so many time. times. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are missing out on taking our need and having it like in a zone where it's interacting with safety and hope that breeds peace. Mm-hmm. We're going to carry that expectation and, and that need so differently if we wrap persistent prayer around it. Mm. We're not wearing God down. We're just keeping that need in the right place, mm-hmm. in the right perspective, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, we got to, like, 
Keep going. We've got to keep going here. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's interesting. Uh, you talked, Angela, about power, expectation around power. Seems like maybe that's a bit of a theme because next up, Jesus is exercising power, casting out a demon. And people are kind of questioning, like, where's your power come from? What does this display of power mean? Because uh, they're like, maybe, maybe you're doing this because you're in league with the devil, basically. <laughs> and Jesus says, dudes, that's so dumb. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> My dudes, that's so dumb. Like, if Satan wanted to use his power to cast out demons, he would just be causing his own house to crumble. Right. Like, he'd be destroying his own empire. That would be so stupid. That would be like Darth Vader going around yeah. being like, I want target practice. I'm going to I'm gonna kill stormtroopers. Like, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um like uh, so so he sort of challenges them like that's like and i, and I think getting at like why are you why do you think that yeah. so he's trying to make them think about their expectations and uh, that's around and why verse, they have those expectations that's just mm. around verse 18 just yeah. to orient everyone yeah. Yeah. yeah but then it's like but if that's dumb you know like satan really wouldn't do that then the only other answer to where this power is coming from like this is the finger of god which means you should probably sit up and pay attention differently mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, to what's going on. But that is that is interesting as well because the way he he points to the kingdom of God and like man it seems like guys the kingdom of heaven is actually knocking on the door. Mm -hmm. So it is. So it is. You know, the first section was about like the safety. To, uh, the expectation is invited, mm -hmm. but actually, they were being a bit dumb. But rather than Jesus being like, you idiots, get out of my sight, he actually turns it around to a challenge of like, what are you expecting? Um, so so actually just seeing that little thread between those uh, these two bits of Luke here. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, I, I you know, it's what I love about this too. I, I don't know, maybe I just see it, you know, some a little sense of humor. You know, this notion of driving out the demons by the finger of God, as if, like, God just needs his little pinky here to yep. sort of get rid of the <laughs> the demons. You know, yeah. like, you're seeing this big thing, like, it's nothing for God mm -hmm. to do this. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's really not. Um, and, and by the way, you're just getting a glimpse of the kingdom and the power of God's kingdom coming to life. Yeah. Um, yeah, this small bit, anyway. And it emphasizes God's power again, that God's mm. the strong one. Mm -hmm. Like he's he's the strongest, he's got the most power, he's mm. the he's the safe one. Um, mm. the one you can actually expect and then things from and, and the, yeah, not have it fall flat on its face. Yeah. And he kind of just draws a a line in the sand too, like stating there's two different sides. He who's not mm. with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. It's like yeah. you know, kind of convicting, like, who are you with? Are you with me or the only other option is you're against me. Yeah, because the the subtext there is, so if I can't be doing it by Satan's power and I'm doing it by God's power, and you're kind of being critical and want to withstand me, which side are you on? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we get a, like an interesting, like as a demon is being cast out and this like power of God and power of demons is being questioned by people. He talks about, like once the spirit's been cast out of a person, um, you know, it it wants to, it wants somewhere to go. And there's this interesting sort of picture of uh, a demon being like, oh, I've got nowhere else to go. Maybe I'll go back to where I was mm. cast out from. And it's sort of interesting because I think um, this speaks to the difference between maybe like deliverance and healing. Uh, like, Expand like sometimes, that. sometimes we interact with God, where like something breaks and we see the possibility of freedom. Like an obstacle gets taken down, which means freedom becomes possible. Okay. And sometimes that's really exciting and cathartic and something to rejoice over and celebrate. And I've watched a lot of people celebrate that yes. and then not go on not the journey into, into the freedom and the healing. That only and, Jesus mm, offers. And they end up with the same problems coming oh, back. Yeah. And Jesus is talking about this in spiritual terms of an actual demon. But I've seen it, the connection between spiritual forces and 
circumstantial problems, men mental illness problems, emotional mm. problems, mm. relational problems. Like, so there's a complexity between those things because we tend to put the world in, in those buckets mm. rather than like the demonic buckets. But mm -hmm. there's, there's an interplay between all these things. But I've watched people have that obstacle taken down where the possibility of relational freedom becomes real and they celebrate that possibility, but they don't actually walk into it. And then like six mm. months later, they're back asking for prayer because Over the, the, same pro thing. the problem has come back. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is a really interesting, again, it, 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 maybe it's to do with expectation. Like, you know, that I'm, I'm sort of butchering the text, but trying to pull a metaphor from the beginning into this bit, which is like, and if Jesus opens the door, walk through it. Yeah. Don't just say thanks, take the bread and like leave. A, yes. Right? Like walk through it, replace what he has um, healed with him, with a life in Christ, mm -hmm. with praising him. It's that m movement of repentance. Repentance is not just turning away from sin. It's turning away from sin and turn turning towards Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so when Jesus takes away the sin in your life, the the obstacle, the thing that is is shackling you, don't just say thanks and keep going. Like say thanks and turn to him and the new life he's called you to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always I, I think of this and as you're saying that I think of this as like Jesus just didn't save us from something. Yeah. He saved us to something. Yeah. <laughs> um and we we can lose sight of that. Like actually step into the freedom, the peace, the security, mm -hmm. the love that he gave to us that he secured for us. Yeah. Step into that. And I, I think I think Jesus has got this theme in mind, which is why the next bit gets added of a, like a little a loot recording, like a little moment that almost feels like it's on the fringe of the picture, on the fringe of the crowd. Oh, someone, someone calls out like, you know, blessed is the womb that bore you in the yeah. breast which nurse. And actually, mm -hmm. Mary was blessed yeah. to bear the son of God. Mm -hmm. Scripture says that. But yeah. Jesus is like, but, the, but guys, the more important thing than that the more like yeah. at, like the bigger blessing is to hear the word of god and, and. keep it to have the door opened and walk through, through it, it. Mm -hmm. yeah so so it's yeah it, it just sort of interesting that then that's a a really tangible picture of maybe how not following through not stepping into the what god actually wants to bring us into might happen if we think blessings in the wrong place if we're expecting to find blessing in the wrong ways or that that seems like what jesus is pointing to this woman is like you've understood blessing is here but you're missing out because actually there's a greater blessing and you're not you're not actually aware of that or not thinking about that i love that he brings in the concept of obedience in here mm -hmm. it's hearing from god and obeying it it's the faith plus action it's not just mm -hmm. faith understanding and now i'm going to think about it for a long time before i do anything yeah. it's hear and immediately do what god's saying yeah. telling you to do and then we move into this quite a substantial part of this chapter yeah. uh, we've got a little bit about light in the middle but we've got um he talks about jonah in this generation and then he's going to talk to the pharisees um, which it relates to that issue of obedience. Like here, here's like what God's warning is to people who are like loitering at the door but not knocking at it, or the door's open. Like the finger of God's waving around. Stuff's happening, guys. Like you should realize the kingdom's knocking at your door, mm -hmm. but they're not walking through it. And so there is a. It's not just like oh, it's a shame you're missing out. Mm -hmm. Oh, what a shame. Mm -hmm. But actually, there's a, a warning for not doing this, and so yeah, it's, I, I think we had we had this um, a few chapters ago. We had mm -hmm. a real similar. He talked to some towns and said, you know, you think you're all this Capernaum, yeah, but you're not responding to me. Let me tell you, like Sodom and Gomorrah would have done, Ooh, yeah. and they were like some pretty scary dudes. Like, <laughs> so uh, there's a similar sort of comparison here with uh, Jonah and, and Nineveh. Like you guys. And actually calls them an evil generation. Yeah. Like you're looking for a sign. You want you want some justification, further justification for listening to me. 
like the finger of God and my words and like all the things, all the things are I've not enough doing. for you. You want something more. And he says like there's an evilness to that. Well, it's, a, a, you know, going back to your, as you said earlier, this, the doors opened, um, go through it. It's almost like you're willing to do anything but go through the door. You're willing to, you're demanding another sign before you go through that yeah. door. Um, you, you just wicked people, you know, you're missing it. Yeah. And you're not only, it's it's not just that you're missing it, I think it's almost this refusal to um, recognize it and the refusal yeah. to accept it. Yeah. And maybe just not because of obstinance, maybe it's because of fear, maybe it's because of unbelief. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a great prayer. Like, why am I not, I remember mm-hmm. hearing, why am I not obeying? Yeah. And, um, yeah. And so it's this in this in Luke 11, it's just kind of this back and forth of like the problem of sin and what it can lead to. But then Jesus teaches about the light within. Here we are on in in verse 33. Um, yeah. So let's talk about those verses. They're my favorite. Okay. Go ahead, Richard, you go. I want to hear what you have to say about it. <laughs> you phoned me a curveball. I want to sit at your I was just thinking about the Queen listen. of the South. I was like, oh, okay, oh, oh, we'll move oh, on to sorry, this. Bit. Sorry, sorry. No, no, the Queen it's of fine. the South is good, but maybe do we it's don't fine. have time because no, there's yeah, a lot. It's, it's there. all good. Yeah. I think if you understand the Caponian thing, it's like the Queen of the South is another yeah. like another person example. who would be like, yeah. oh, how are you not listening to Jesus? Like, I listened to Solomon. I would be so much more stoked to listen to Jesus, yeah. and you're not listening to him. Yeah, So that's going on. Yeah, so then. I mean, this is, it's almost like comedy image, mm-hmm. right? Which of you lights a lamp and then sticks a basket over it? It just mm. would be the most ridiculous thing. I mean, you're going to set the basket on fire. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> it, it just, it's a self-defeating action to take, mm. right? It would be like, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in um, learning about this. So I bought a book on it and I took it home and I burned it. Like, you didn't read it? No, I burned it. <laughs> it like, a complete self... Or, or like, yeah. I'm really thirsty. So what did you do? Yeah. Oh, I went and got a glass and smashed it. Yeah, I poured which it out. Which is wine. actually what I did before this podcast. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> That's right. I was trying to dry my glass and threw it in the air and it smashed everywhere. Um, but yeah, it's like, this is such a self-defeating... But it's really interesting because Jesus paints the picture of something that everyone listening would be like, yeah, well, obviously that's idiotic. But then the twist in it is like, oh, so in which way am I being equally self-defeating, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And um, so that that's then what he's going to unpack. And so he says, the eye is the lamp of your body. So it's like, what uh, what comes into us? Like, what are we what are we ingesting? Yes, what, what, what are, are we, we letting in? Which Jesus has been talking about. Like, are you responding? Are you obeying? Like, is what I'm mm-hmm. saying getting into you? Mm-hmm. Like, or is have you just got like an eye patch, like a of maybe unbelief or fear, like you said, Angela, or like some other things that mm-hmm. actually you, you've put a, a basket over it? Or is this also, you know, when above when he talked about this impure spirit going out and said, look, I freed you from that and that's gone out. What's come in to replace that? You know, what are you now taking in? Mm-hmm. to yourself are you mm-hmm. letting my goodness my light come into you yeah um and and because that that's the risk is like something's going to be coming in yeah and if it's not me if it's not light maybe it's darkness that's yeah. coming in yeah and then like so if, if that's what you're full of then like how that that's sort of tragic um and, and that's the sort of tragic self-defeating possibility then like that just seems as stupid as putting the lamp under the basket it's like you've got the light of the world in front of you but you're actually attributing what he's doing to satan which means you must be so wrong-headed about your expectations beliefs the things you think are true so all the things you're grabbing hold of are actually things of darkness and it's 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 then revealing that there's a desperate corruption, an absence of light inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, it's a pretty stark warning. I love. I think in Matthew's gospel, the way Matthew tells this, he he adds to it like if your eye is kind of single, 
if your focus, if what you're looking at is actually one thing. Because then the echoes of Mary and Martha mm. really come to the fore of like, how, how can you make sure that you are interacting with light in the right way, being filled with light? It's sitting at Jesus's feet again. And so I, lo- I love that little sort of connection. Because um, that, actually the, the, the Greek of like, if your eye is... Uh, we we translate it as bad, but the connotation is folded. So it's like someone who's actually got a defect in their eye. Huh. Hmm. So if you can't focus on one thing and you're trying to focus, it, it just oh, gotcha, like gotcha. A, a, a divided vision mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, it's really evocative mm. uh, picture that Jesus is using. Oh, that's good. And then we get into these... <laughs> Then the Pharisees have invited him to come in. Is this another time where uh, perhaps they're, you know, we see the Pharisees often just trying to trip him up and try and trap him. I don't yeah. think this is a, it's not necessarily an explicit. No, you know, but, but things, his, his uh, relationship with most of the Pharisees is turning sourer and yeah. sourer. So, yes, it's definitely going mm-hmm. that way. It, and it's interesting because this is like another warning, but I think Luke tells us Jesus's teaching on light because it really informs a little twist in this warning. Because the the Pharisees they they invite him to dinner, and Jesus doesn't do the normal like purifying washing before dinner to make sure like I'm not getting tainted by any uncleanness, and. The, the challenge Jesus throws out to them is, um, you know, you're so concerned about being tainted on the outside. But to use the language of the, the little bit before is like, you know, you're, you're so worried about all the darkness that might be a- around here. Like, oh, I don't want to get any darkness on my hands. I better wash them. Mm. And he's like, but you, you're full of darkness. Mm. Like you're so concerned with this small thing and yet inside you is greed. And like thirst for power, power. and like, yeah, you know, just horrific dark things, and 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 so they are the example of the person who, um, like they they have been taking in darkness, and the thing they think is light has got corrupted. It, it's back to front. Like they they've actually got a foolish set of priorities of expectations you know things like this um and and jesus not only points this out um but then sort of warns them about where that's going to lead um you you know i mean verse 47 always sticks out to me like woe to you you build the tombs of the prophets who your father's killed. Yeah. You know, it just like you're you're paying lip service to wanting to honor me, but your honoring of me is so wrong-headed and you're only like a short connection from being people who are actually actively withstanding me. It's this concept I just see this theme throughout of like the outward, the inward. I mean, going back just a few verses you fool, verse 40, you foolish people did not the one who made the outside make the inside also. But give what is inside the dish to the poor and everything will be clean mm-hmm. for you. And and so like it's I just go back to like that heart. Like, are you wholeheartedly for me? Because if you're not, then you're against me. And um, and so look what happens, like the woe of because. Jesus sees through it all. Mm-hmm. He knows their hearts. Um, and so this is just an example, I think, of, of you know, really the opposite should be of us when we go to him in prayer. Yeah. Right? Um, our wholehearted urgency to drive to him, um, if we're talking about prayer this week. But this can yeah. bring and up so th- many things. Everything we said at the start about how that urgency and relationship affects our heart, our attitudes, our expectations that's all some of that internal stuff but then it's interesting like the hollywood like i said the hollywood version of prayer is all about 
like I want bread and how do I make it? It's all about actions and things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the Pharisees were all about actions and things. And Jesus actually gives them instruction on like the right things. But he also points at, but there's, there's an attitude and heart problem of like darkness needs to be exchanged for light. Um, that we could, you know, get the actions right, get the decisions right, get bread to eat. But if there's still darkness under the surface, like we're going to keep running into problems. Woe to us if that's like actually is what is in our heart is darkness. Like that's the that's the well from which our life is going to flow. Like and and so Jesus is emphasizing a concern for that. Like that he really cares deeply about that. Yeah, enough to speak to point out their sin and they have a chance to repent and turn. Their response is in in verse um fifty, what does that say, fifty three, when he left uh, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions, waiting to catch him in something he might say there. He's convicted them of their sin, and instead of turning away from their wrong heart attitudes, they try to discredit yep. him. Mm -hmm. And that, as we learned earlier when we were talking about Beelzebub and what happens is more sin will come in. And what's mm. going to happen to the Pharisees, this sinful attitude towards Jesus, Satan's going to double down and they're going to crucify him. Yeah. And, and so it's, like, this it's is like the attributing Jesus's work to Satan yeah. mm -hmm. again, right? Mm -hmm. It's that, that darkness causes them to be unable to see light for light. No, and in fact, just discredit the, the one true God yeah. in the fact that he's pointing this out. And yeah. um and I bring that to, you know, our present lives, like who is trying to discredit you because of your faith? Mm. Who mm. is, and, and, um, and what does that do to you? Does that cause you to turn to Jesus and know that your faith is secured or does it cause you to question? Um, and I don't know, that's just a heart check, yeah. I think, um, with, in our in t today, as yeah, we a, re have. a realization that we're in a world who thinks light is dark and dark is light. Mm -hmm. mm. So we're not going to be able to have. We're not. Th this is one of those interesting things about like uh, apologetics and evangelism and things like that. Is uh, and um, Paul talks about it in terms of the, like the world's wisdom and the world's values right. and like the world's values and priorities are not actually going to lead to Jesus. Mm. They're going to lead away from him. Uh, and God, there's like little wisps of goodness still in the world's thinking that we can grab a hold of. And, and Paul does that like Acts 16, the Areopagus. But as a method, we actually need a transformation of perspective. We need the Holy Spirit to actually reveal truth, to reveal light. And it's that interesting sort of, yes, talk to people. Yes, engage in those conversations. But by itself, that's never going to be sufficient because we're seeing the effects of when people think they've got light in them, but actually it's dark mm -hmm. to play out. Um, and and, my, and if, I think if we have that method, we're just going to end up frustrating ourselves and, think, and just disengaging from people because mm -hmm. we keep getting frustrated or hurt. Um, and, and that's one of the amazing things about Jesus is Jesus is able to know this call out this, encourage the right things, ask the right questions, warn, and persevere doing that for years. It's, <laughs> it's quite, an quite amazing remarkable. life lived under that sort of pressure of criticism and rejection. Um, and, and it just gets worse and worse, mm -hmm. not better and better. Um, I would have, like, yeah, thrown in the towel and gone on a retreat. <laughs> But even even that, like I say that joking, like Jesus didn't give up and we, right. we shouldn't give up. And if our expectations are right and we're praying the right way with the right expectations, that'll help us not give mm. up. But Jesus also recognized the hardship of this and kept taking his disciples apart to recover, debrief, be refreshed, recentered. So, yeah. 
Great practice. I'm sort yeah. of joking, but that makes me think, uh, yeah. <laughs> that that desire to like be re-prepared for the, for engaging is yeah, all sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. You know, we started talking about faith. I mean, prayer in the beginning, but really as we go through Luke 11, I just see it's it's about true faith and um, really looking back now at the the beginning of Luke 11 is is prayers an outward expression of the faith, uh, our faith, but also um, the source and resource, a source and a resource um, for it all. Mm -hmm. It's, I just, you know, this has been a great chapter to study. Yeah, it is. So So I want to finish with like, if you're in community, you're going to talk about this. If you're not in a community group yet, or you are not meeting with your community this week, uh, the most important thing as we try to respond, especially to this call to prayer, is the best way to learn to pray is not by listening to a podcast about prayer. (laughs) We should have said this at the beginning. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Listening to this podcast is like, it's encouragement to go do the best thing. And the best thing, the best way to learn to pray is by praying. It's to pray. And if you find praying hard and you just feel overwhelmed, go find someone and be like, Mm. I want to learn to pray better. Could you spend, could we Mm. get together from time to time and pray? Mm. Um, Go find ways, find some way that you can spend more time in prayer and you'll be amazed at how God will meet you as you step mm-hmm. into that. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the encouragement to finish with. And then we'll catch you next week. We're into chapter 12. See you then. Yeah.